0: This week on Missions Today
1: a huge challenge a big issue up here is I mean is housing is how do you receive them care for them and so we started seeing them coming into our food pantry started seeing shelters fill up Guard Mission a partner of ours at our Lakeview site we actually opened up the basement and housed 45 families and men for for the last 3 months we currently have 8 young men staying in our in our basement at our church across the street just because there's no place for them to sleep, et cetera. And so now we're working in tandem with local city and state government to see how we can really care for and and walk with these families.
0: Taking Christ outside the walls of the church. That is what our guests this week do every day. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and this is Missions Today from Resource Global. Matt DeMatteo, who you just heard, is the executive director of New Life Centers in Chicago. Joining us as well today is Pastor Paco Amador, the pastor of the New Life Church in the Little Village neighborhood of Chicago. Together, these guys and their teams are impacting one of the largest immigrant populations in the Midwest. In addition, they are receiving some of the thousands of immigrants and asylum seekers being bussed up from the state of Texas. From young men at risk to school children, from the incarcerated to those without a home, Matt. Paco and their teams are effectively being Christ in community. And that's our topic this week on Missions Today. Hey, Matt, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about your faith and your ministry journey.
1: Yeah, so for the last, uh, this is my 23rd year in ministry, I've been connected with New Life Community Church, and I lead the nonprofit that New Life started called New Life Centers of Chicagoland. So I'm the executive director, and as an agency, we really walk with disconnected young people in five core areas. So we do mentoring, after-school education, sports, peacemaking, and a large-scale food distribution. So we're operating here on the west side of Chicago, in Little Village, uh, Humble Park, and a few
2: other communities. So that's that's kind of what I do.
0: All right. And Paco, I know you work closely with Matt, but you're in a little different position. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, we're together here in the same community, and I'm the pastor of both English and Spanish congregation in this immigrant community on the west side of Chicago, it's called Little Village. Has historically been a Mexican community, but uh, you know, immigrant. But now it's just immigrants from all over the place. And uh, super fun ministry, fun to see the things that are happening here in this community.
0: Matt, let's talk for a moment about your personal story, a little bit about your faith journey. How did you come to know Christ? How did you get involved in ministry?
2: Yeah,
1: so my dad was a, a pastor of a small, ev-free church. Actually, he was a pastor in around Salt Lake City amongst the Mormons there till I was seven, and then we moved back to Northwest Indiana, and I grew up there, and he always wanted me to go to Moody, and I kind of told him, nah, I I saw what it is to be a pastor. I said, that's not for me, and uh, he asked me to try it for one semester, and so I, uh, in 2000, moved to Chicago and started as a Moody student, got involved mentoring in Cabrini Green, then met my wife. And actually our first Sunday we came here, my wife was asked to run the after-school program here at New Life and met Paco and Sylvia on our first Sunday there. And they had us over to their house. I think Paco, you might have only had two kids back then and then have continued to be fruitful and multiply. But we uh, have been working together for the last 23 years ever since. So yeah, came to, came to Christ at a young age, but really, I would say my faith strengthened as I went from high school into college and really made my made my faith my own and have been on a, an exciting journey ever since.
0: That's beautiful. Paco, tell us a little bit about your story.
2: Yeah, I was born in Mexico came to the States as an immigrant, young man for high school and um, gave my life to the Lord, had a clear encounter in North Carolina. I met somebody there that told me you should go and, you know, I just desired new believer who wanted to serve Jesus said you should go to Moody in Chicago. So that's how I ended up in Chicago. And then one day, you know, as a Moody, Moody student late at night, somebody said, let's go for tacos. And somebody said, I think I know the perfect community where we should go and get tacos. Drove into this community and my heart felt very much like I was home. So upon graduation, I did a couple of years in Spain as a missionary and then came back. And I've been living here in this community ever since. So all my kids been born here. And uh, that's a little bit of how I ended up here in this community.
0: I love that. And I love your engagement in the community. And we're going to talk more about that. We're going to ultimately end up talking a little bit about a national issue that's uh, been covered by all the media. I'm based in Austin, Texas, so it certainly has been big news here in Texas. And that's the stream of immigrants and refugees coming over our southern border border. I want to get to that in just a moment, but before we get to that, talk for a moment, kind of about your your engagement in the community, maybe how that's changed over the last five or ten years with some of the changes in culture and the changes in immigration and other things. Paco, we'll start with you this time. How does that relate to you as a pastor and your community work as well?
2: Yeah, I think um, one of our mentors many years ago, a Moody Moody professor also, Moody student as well. He um. Uh, his name is Ray Backy. He very much not just tours seeing our community as our parish. In other words, not just our church, you know, the church family, but a family in the midst of an entire community to, the, to whom God has given us the great privilege of being able to love. It felt from the very beginning uh, of us working together as a church here in this community, just thinking in every corner. Every family, every home, every kid, every young family, every marriage. God has called us not just to the church family itself, but um, the entire community. And if we feel like we have seen the impact of being fully immersed into the life flow of this community, um, just, you know, in growing, just in growing influence by the grace of God. So most of our congregation lives within walking distance of the church building, which is really right at the center of our community. And, um, you know, there's been many other things that have happened throughout the year, especially through new, new Life Centers to knowing, you know, giving us access to the hearts of our people, you know, to the heart of our community. It began a long time ago by just thinking every young man who might be involved in a gang is not just like a gang member, is it's somebody's kid who's our neighbor, you know, like, these are children. These are young people. How can we love in a very different way? It's not not removed, but very close to our hearts.
0: Matt, uh, talk about the th- kinds of things you do at New Life Centers. Uh, you've touched on it a little high level. What are, what are some of the specific types of things you have done to grow new life centers, and to be able to impact people's lives?
1: Yeah. The week I first started in 2006, full-time with Paco, we, we sat in a conference room and said, okay, we're both here. What the heck do we do now? And Little Village where we're at is the largest Latino community in the Midwest. So there's about 80,000 people living in four square miles. 40,000 are under the age of 25. And so it's the youngest neighborhood in all of Chicago. I grew up in youth ministry, so we said we're going to start with doing youth group, and then I love sports, so I started using sports. And we found that in that first year after talking to Ray and and really learning is there was a local group that did a quality of life plan on our neighborhood, and it was basically how to improve schools, business district, parks, et cetera. And there was a 50-page document created, and in the middle of this document was a map and on the map was a list of churches, businesses, schools, and New Life wasn't even on the list. And so we realized then that if our building were to burn to the ground, nobody would care. We were doing church in a community, but we weren't, we weren't a church for a community. And so we basically just got out of the four walls for an entire year, and we brought the church, the members, out to the community. So I remember that first year in 06, I was ref in basketball games. I was flipping burgers at block parties. We would open up our building for open mic nights. And it was amazing. Ray really guided us and said, find out where God's working without you. So when we were able to kind of step out and when it's not about a church's name or about programs that you're building, but you make it about kingdom work, it's a bit of a, a lens shift, but that's really where we started. And so after a year of that, God opened up new doors. We started working with a local probation officer and gang-involved youth. Then we then started running more after-school programs. We added mentoring. And 17 years later, we have mentoring happening with 400 mentoring matches. We're working inside Chicago Public Schools. So inside the school buildings, we have rooms for new life. And we're walking with some of the highest risk young people there. Our after school education, we have 125 kids that come to our safe havens. They're, They're running around across the street right now. And they're here getting homework help. They're getting gym time. They're getting Bible time. And then in the summer, we run a full summer camp. The third pillar is really the sports work. And so I, my daughter, for example, she's turning 17 when she was four. I signed her up for the local Little League, and there was no Little League. And so we started a Little League, and now we have over 300 kids playing baseball. Paco's son has gone through it. All three of my kids are playing. And we just use sport as a vehicle for relationship building. And so now we program 2,500 young people through sport. And we do a ton within the local high schools, the middle schools. In the summer, we do something we call light in the night, which is a large scale community based activation where pretty much big block parties, man, seven, seven different sites, five nights a week. And we program over uh, 3000 people each week just coming and we're loving them through sports and hot dogs and everything. But through that, we're able to create relationships. Then on the fourth pillar, we started working in Illinois Youth Corrections. So we're inside of the juvenile detention centers doing work inside the facilities. Our street outreach team responds to every incidence of violence and works to stop the next. And so we have a whole network of peacemaking. And then in the last few years, we've hired two case managers and two victim advocates to help families who've lost families to violence. And then the final thing, I'm sitting in the Pan in de Vida Fresh Market. Pan de Vida means bread of life. And it started as an all-volunteer food pantry where we fed hundred families a week for 12 years. Then when the pandemic hit, we saw the need obviously increase and, uh, we partnered up with the local food depository. And by May of 2020, we were feeding a thousand families a week. And then by June of 2020, we were feeding 6,000 families per week. And man, by the grace of God, we were able to purchase the building across the street, a corner store and create this beautiful fresh market. Where now families can come for free groceries, uh, and we feed about five thousand families per month here in this facility. And we have an amazing computer lab right here in front of me, and we're we're really trying this wrap around. So it's about first Thessalonians two verse eight, what we base everything off of. It's we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own our own lives too. So it's the power of the gospel with life together. and when when life gives you a pandemic, things switch, and you got to do something different. and, When life brings you 5,000 migrants from Venezuela, we we bring the gospel and the power of community there. So that's what we've been up to.
0: Paco, just a little while ago, Matt was talking about kind of coming out this point in your, your ministry's life where there was this need to kind of come out of the walls of the church. Change can often be hard for a church body, especially for people who are kind of locked into doing stuff the same way. What kind of response did you get from your church members as you began to go outside the walls of the church to impact your community?
2: A community that lives together, I feel like it's its a very clear message from the Bible. I mean, Jesus said, here's like your job description, love your neighbor. So I feel like just a The simplicity of it, of saying uh, we exist in this community, not just for ourselves, but for our neighbors, you know, for the witness of Jesus among our neighbors. I feel like people have taken it with great joy. And the more that new God continues to add to our number, it just becomes like the norm of our congregation is in the midst of this community to be light and salt in this community. So I feel like there's a fresh new joy.
0: Uh, Matt Paco just talked about the response of the church. What has been the response of the community since you have taken this stance?
1: As we've grown over the last 15 years, it's really seen the impact and when people start to get to know you through the power of relationship, and so it's, you're seeing in a, in the Latino community here, uh, where we weren't known in 2006, now we're slowly being known. And now we're a core part, we're, we're at the table, so to speak. So I spend most of my time this morning, I met with the I was meeting with the heads of the juvenile justice system in Illinois. Wednesday, I'm meeting with the heads of the Department of Human Services about the migrant situation. And so It's been beautiful to see the church, the body of Christ, now be at a core part at the table. And so you see family members, neighbors, friends who just view us as a core part of the community now. And so it's our faith lived out. And so we may meet somebody for the first time, giving them a loaf of bread and some fresh produce. But then from there... We really want to introduce them to the true bread of life. And so it's through that power of relationship. And now we have thousands of people we interact with each month. And so it's a blessing for us to be able to serve and love and see uh, the church making a difference in a community. So,
0: Paco, so much diversity in our country. And what a wonderful thing that is. We are truly a melting pot. Oh, so much diversity, so much difference in communities and cultures and at this point in our nation's history, so much division. How is the work you're doing impacting uh, the harmony of races, cultures, uh, communities uh, in the work that you're doing?
2: I feel like the kingdom of darkness, all the way from the very beginning of creation and just brothers against brothers, that's a pattern of life. That kingdom thrives on pinning groups against one another, as opposed to the opposite. Our Latino community is right next to an African American community. And he has taken very intentional ways. I feel like unity is, is beautiful, but it's not easy. <laughs> it takes a lot of hard work to be able to, you know, to actually be honest about the prejudices that we each carry on our own selves. And there has to be a greater power that pushes beyond. And I feel like that's the love of Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul says that. The love of Jesus compels us. There's nothing like the body of Christ. We've been seeing the body of Jesus just in multicolor, multi-age, just so beautifully coming together. Some have generosity of being able to give financially. Others have the skill of being able to get involved personally. You know, others have homes. And I just I feel like, man, I love it. And I can see how the, the church is Jesus' amazing genius. The promise gives us hope.
0: Gentlemen, looking at the landscape of what we're facing in America right now, I mentioned I'm right here in Austin, Texas, and we have a southern border that is seeing hundreds of thousands of people every month come across from all over the world. I saw a stat today, 146 countries represented in the people that have crossed the border in just the last month. And so you see that happening and it's happening over and over again. All over Texas cities, even as far north as Austin and Dallas, are experiencing the weight of people that they hadn't planned on, hadn't budgeted for and needing to provide care. Our governor obviously has taken a step of, I'm going to take some of these folks and I'm going to move them up north and ask others to help. And whatever you think of the politics of that, the fact is some of those people are landing in Chicago And Matt, I understand some of those people are impacting you. How have you responded to the refugee crisis in that sense? How is the church coming around people, which really, to me, is one of the key elements in this whole conversation?
1: Yeah, so we've had over 5,000 Central Americans come since August of 2022 alone, Uh, most of them sent from the great state of Texas. So appreciate that, Colin. Thanks for sending them up here. We'll, We'll take them and receive them well. It's it's our next wave of opportunities, how we view it. We're called to love our neighbor and whoever our neighbor is. And so as they're, most of them are coming in, actually, as asylum seekers, they're processed legally. Wherever they cross into, they're placed into the asylum system, and then they're sent up here. And so we're seeing a huge challenge. A big issue up here is, I mean, is housing, is how do you receive them, care for them? And so we started seeing them coming into our food pantry, started seeing shelters fill up, Pacific Guard Mission, a partner of ours on our lakeview site we actually opened up the basement and housed 45 families and men for for the last three months we currently have eight young men staying in our in our basement at our church across the street just because there's no place for them to sleep et cetera. and so now we're working in tandem with local city and state government to see how we can really care for and and walk with these families uh yesterday we just baptized two of these young men who gave their lives to Christ, who got baptized. Whenever there's a big challenge and opportunity, God uses immigration in in a lot of ways. And it's kind of the people who are poor, the orphan, the widow, and the migrant are, are a lot of times how God works. And so we're just viewing this as a huge opportunity to love people in Jesus' name. And so we have taken this as an opportunity and New Life as a whole and the Big C Church in Chicago We've seen multiple churches who had dreamed about and prayed about doing a Spanish ministry in the last few years and got all of a sudden brought thousands of migrants to Chicago and they started a Spanish service and they started with 50, then 100, then 250. And we have multiple churches, I could think of five off the top of my head right now, who have Spanish ministries now for 250 plus people just happened in the last six months. And so the Big C Church is, is, man, really responding. And we are looking to see how can we love people in Jesus' name. And so it's been beautiful. My wife's from Guatemala. She was the only Guatemalan I knew here on the south side of Chicago. She was a Moody student. And now there's, man, there's hundreds of Guatemalans in Little Village. It's a beautiful picture of, man, families coming to our city and uh, we welcome them with the open arms. We love them in Jesus' name. And we're I mean, we're we're receiving Paco probably what five calls last week alone from the yeah. Chicago Police Department saying, Hey, we have families here in our district. They're sleeping on the floor. We have no place to put to, to put them. Can you guys help in some way? And so yeah. it's beautiful to see the church step up. We have families from the church who are housing migrants, who are opening up their doors. It's amazing to see this opportunity. It's not easy. It's complex, but Our job is to build the kingdom and to love people in Jesus' name, regardless of what's happening around us politically, et cetera. So I would say that at a high level is how we've seen changes in the next six months. And I think this will be a regular part of what we do going forward. Paco, any thoughts on that?
2: Christian hospitality. It's beyond inviting friends to your house. You know, Jesus says, that's that's what the pagans do. You know, how are you different? Christian hospitality is receiving strangers in your home. And the book of Hebrews says, chapter thirteen verse two says, by doing this, many have actually ended up hosting angels in their house. I feel like I have no idea what that means, but I do understand that oh, man it's it's almost like it goes as part of our being the family of Jesus. You know, what do Jesus' followers do? They open their homes. They love the stranger. Is somebody that's, you know, is, is, they don't know. That's all right. You know, just coming to our home. So last week we had one little event, a couple of very young, 21, 23-year-olds with an eight-month baby, and they were found in O'Hare Airport. They didn't have anywhere to go. So somebody sent them to a place that they thought would receive him, but that was a drug rehab place, so they couldn't take him. A police officer with a very kind heart took him and put him in a hotel, paid for the night, and then called Matt and said, "Hey, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a couple go and pick them up because tomorrow by noon they they have to leave." So Matt called me and I was really near there, so I went in and I met him. And uh, but um, as I sat in my in my car, I I first wept because I thought just a couple of weeks ago we, we were talking about a very similar couple with a very similar baby, you know. And I'm like weeping there, thinking two millennia ago, that's that was our king. We, that was a you know, to everybody else, it might have been an insignificant little baby, but that was the king, the king of kings, you know. And and now here's a little baby. We don't know who she's going to become or anything. But I, I felt like I wept and I thought, Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to meet him. And I sent a text. And within minutes, I mean, people were saying, you can bring him to my house. And I, I was like blown away. The church, that's amazing. But uh, I feel like, you know, it's just... Privilege to have a little part into that. Uh,
0: gentlemen, final question. For people listening today, whether they are leadership in churches or they're lay people, or they're just people in a community that know that they want to express their love to others, maybe just a a brief thought about uh, how to be Christ in your community? And Matt, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times we overthink it and we think, hey, I need to go off and get a, get a degree and be trained. And I'm all for that. I went to Moody. It was great. Or we think, hey, I got to run something through my local church and if we can create a program at church. And I would push us to the next level. It's how do you bring Christ in community to spaces across your community? And so I feel like God's given us each giftings, passions, loves. Mine happens to be baseball. And so I start coaching a local little league team. And guess what? You coach 12 young kids, you get all of their parents, and you get an entire three to four months where you're living together at the park, two to three nights a week, spending time together. And then that opens the door after a practice. Hey, you want to go grab pizza together? Then it says, hey, tell me a little bit about your life. And it's through that life on life that we're able to then share the hope of Christ. So my recommendation would be find how God's wired you and what you're passionate about. I don't care if it's cooking, I don't care if it's playing the guitar, I don't care if it's local music. I, whatever it is, man, God has called us to be the body of Christ and to bring the kingdom to those spaces. Wherever God has placed you, whether it's as a business person, whether it's a school teacher, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, God has given you people around you that He strategically placed you there, and there's power in place, and there's power in proximity. And so how do you activate
2: what God's already given you, your love, and just be the light of Christ forever? Paco? Man, I do feel like the church— has the power of being the heartbeat of a community. People come to us to say, hey, uh, I need a letter of recommendation, you know? And uh, I feel like they're saying, you guys, in a sense, uh, you know, just the church, you represent something that has honor and respect within, you know, within society, even to the court. Uh, I feel like those things are little examples of, of our calling as a church within a community. I feel like we're meant to be the heartbeat of the community and so yeah jesus said you're the salt jesus said you're the light of a community just like jerusalem cannot be ignored neither do people light a lamp and hide it so put it in the highest shelf of the room just make yourself visible be present into the life flow of that community in whichever ways every community is very different but uh and thank you so much for this opportunity to share a little bit of our story and uh, we're excited about what jesus is doing here
0: i'm excited about it too and i've been able to watch the results close up myself for many years hey one thing we've heard here today is how easy it is to be christ in community and it simply begins with what pastor paco just said a moment ago make yourself available visible present in the life flow of your community do life with those around you And you're going to find ample opportunities to share the hope of Christ with the people there. Well, if you'd like to learn more about Matt, Paco, New Life Centers, or New Life Church, we'll link you in today's podcast notes. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Next week, we're going to learn more about a Bible study that literally reaches around the world. It'd be so helpful to us if you'd subscribe to our podcast, rate it, leave a review on iTunes, share it with others. If you have feedback for me, I'd love to hear from you as well. Email me, clambert at missionstoday.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at missions today Radio. Missions Today is a production of Resource Global.